them go frank yourself show if you don't like feeling good being positive staying motivated and hilarious content you about to hate this year otherwise sit back and enjoy let's get it dope okay it's episode eight what's good you guys i know it's been a little while welcome back to the go frank yourself show uh, i'm excited for this one i'm excited for every goddamn one you should be what are gonna be depressed i'm sad about this episode fuck that anyway um <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one i got my boy joe corzo with me Hello. what's good what up oh, man it's uh it's a good time to be alive right now, man. That's that's kind of like the current mood right now. Yeah. How about you? It's a good time to be alive for sure. Yeah, we're uh, we're in Burbank right now in my uh luxury tiny studio apartment and we're uh, It's like a micro loft. Yeah, that shit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> micro everything. Oh. Um nah. Uh <laughs> Definitely not that, ladies. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> We're drinking uh we're drinking Tennessee mules right now. Cheers. Cheers, man. man. We're having uh you know, I used to bartend for a little bit. Even you did too, right? For a little bit? Um, uh, nah, man, not bartend. I mean I did like um some galleries. All I did was pour wine and beer. Oh, okay. Well shit, that counts. <laughs> but I never did like mixed drinks and stuff. I know uh my work wanted me to be a bartender. Mm. I kept turning it down. I just seen how stressed everybody was. Yeah. How much side work you got to do. I fucking hate side work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> side work is wrong, man. <laughs> and then leaving dumbass late too, like 2 a.m. Yeah, not shit. for me, man. Yeah, hell no. Nah. Um, so I wanted to bring uh, my boy Joe because, I mean, you know, like I said, this whole shit is about showcasing my friends who are incredible mm. in different ways. And Joe's got a interesting, uh, inspiring story of, of the come up. And, you know, not that neither of us have necessarily, quote unquote, made it in other people's eyes. Um, but, you know, everybody defines success as they're in their own ways. Um, I definitely feel happy and fulfilled. Like, if I were to die tomorrow, I'd be like, all right, well, shit, at least I got to live a dope life, you know? Um, but anyway, the reason I brought Joe was because of, you know, the story of, of hardship to working on himself to, you know, diving in on the acting stuff, and he's doing well now. Mm. And, you know, you're from the Bay, you're my boy, yeah. you're funny. Uh, he was also a comic for a minute, too. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, a lot of the comics that I talk to know you, and uh, so anyway, um, are you down to share the story um, of of you know the rough times to where you've come to now? Yeah, man. So tell them about it. Uh, which one? <laughs> so I like the story it's where been rough. Yeah, yeah, rough. and I feel you, man. We're out here taking risks <laughs> and. But, it, you know, getting a lot of rewards from it. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, you told me about basically, you know, you were, when you first came oh, to LA. Oh, okay, when I first moved out here. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that wasn't as rough as the beginning beginnings. But, yeah, no, definitely the the transition from coming from the Bay Area to LA with the momentum I felt I had built out, out back home and tried to kind of transition and take what i was doing back home mm -hmm. and do the same exact routines and like monthly everything in la was like the worst thing i could do yeah so <laughs> joe was producing shows at tommy t's yeah. and other venues and that's like the lucrative way you know that's a lucrative move in comedy is in stand-up you're not getting consistent money but if you can run your own shit yeah uh, and you can get that going consistently then you're For good sure. and he had success doing that back home so he figured yeah let me just <laughs> transfer this shit over here which la yeah. is like nah it's just so much going on there's like a lot of other shows happening yeah i didn't have a fan base out here mm -hmm. so it was a little challenging i mean my first show went well but i exhausted all my all my people yeah like, oh, shit <laughs> And then I was trying to figure out the marketing out here. Didn't know exactly who, how or what to market. And then finance started kicking in. I'm like, oh, shit. I never used to work um, nights at the restaurant. I used to just work days because I would have nights for stand-up for right. so long. Yeah. And then when I moved out here, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to start working nights. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just to make ends meet. And not only that, like, when I started working, I was only working days. But when they worked days back at the other spot, well, when I started, I mean, 
back home, I had seniority, so I had, had all the closing shifts. I was mm-hmm. making money. When I try to come back and do day shifts over here in uh, L.A., they was like, oh, you ain't a seniority here. We're going to give you gonna give you these little two-and-a-half-hour shifts. You're making only 30 to $60. Oh, I'm my like, God. Oh. You're a freshman here, and we're going to shove you in yeah. the locker and put and silly like, string on you. And I'm not the type to be like, oh, I deserve all this. and woo-woo. So right. I just kind of realized my position, and then. I was living in a... Um, you weren't about to German suplex the manager, like, nah, <laughs> fuck that. I ended up living in a, a living room. Yeah. That, that was crazy. I was living in a living room for like, it was like virtually like 300 to $400 a month. Mm-hmm. And I was living in a house where we weren't even supposed to have roommates. Mm. It was only supposed to be two, be two people when it was like five of us in there. Sheesh. And we had like a... Uh, <laughs> We had a grow operation happening. I wasn't doing the grow. They was doing the grow, but I was just trying to sleep somewhere. Yeah. And I'm the, just trying to do self-growth. Yeah. I'm not growing marijuana. <laughs> and they had, like, dogs. We weren't supposed to have dogs there, and there was, like, four dogs in this place. <laughs> and so, and we were having people over all the time. I mean, we were having parties and shit. And, like, yeah. and then I guess the landlord asked the neighbors, like, you know, how are the tenants? And they are mm-hmm. like... There's so many people that come in and out of here. Blah, blah, blah. They're just like, they're like, we think, we don't know who lives there. We don't know what's going on. They got dogs. And then all of a sudden we had like a surprise inspection or not an inspection. They were like, oh, we got to change something in the house. Mm. So I had to like change out the living room from a bedroom. We had to make it look like a living room. Damn. And then we had to like get people out. We had to get the dogs out of there and we had to like cover the whole gross situation. So we had like all these boxes. <laughs> we tried to put like a wall of boxes, clean up all the poop in the back, all that. You know what I mean? And then, damn. Um, by the time they came, we, were, we had the dogs in the cars and we were just like parked somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was still there trying to pack my stuff to leave and go to work. And they just see me packing these bags as I'm leaving. <laughs> They're like, who is this dude? I was like, ah. Oh. And then I left, whatever. I come back to find out, um, the story was the lady, they're all like looking at everything. And we had a pup. There was a puppy and she she was mm. like eating up the floors. Oh, so shit. it was already looking bad right. for a lot of the stuff. And then uh, long story short, uh, they go through the garage and they're like, why is the door locked? Why is there a lock on this door? Because mm-hmm. we swapped the, the locks to yeah. like, you know, secure it. <laughs> and then she's like, you need to open this door. So they open the door, they're looking around. They're like, why is there hella boxes? <laughs> they're like they're the, I guess the son was with them They're like What's behind the box And they're like So they opened up Took down some boxes And it looks like a tent Well it is a tent mm. And they're like She's like Is somebody living there is somebody living in there Come out if you're living yeah, in Mr. there Mr. Weed is living <laughs> they're like, Whoever's living in there Come out And then my boy Scott was like oh, Ain't nobody living in there And they're like What is this And they open it up It's like What is this And they're like And then the the, the daughter of the son was like they're growing marijuana in here. <laughs> and then we were like, but it's legal. We have all the paperwork. We'll, you know, all right. And it was like, and so they go outside and then she sees a dog poop. I guess she steps on it. Oh. And then she's like, you guys aren't supposed to have dogs here. I heard you got dogs. And then people live in No, there. that was my shit. It and was then, a rough yeah, night. Yeah. So the poop itself is what got us evicted. Oh, <laughs> you got into some shit. So we got evicted. We had to get, leave in like 15 days. Damn. 15? Yeah. She was either that or she was going to, like, do some extra stuff, like call oh, the cops and all wow. that. Oh, wow, yeah. And then we were like, man, we had, like, 15 days to leave. And then I just got there. Like, it's been, like, three months, four months. Mm. I just started, you know, getting comfortable with my living situation. Right. And then I was like, oh, I got to figure out what to do. And <laughs> I was so comfortable that I bought a, a plane ticket to um, Iceland. Mm. Which was like 300 bucks round trip. Damn. Remember when that wow situation was happening? I don't know if you heard about that. It was like a Europe, uh, a European airline that was like giving away like European trips for like 300 bucks. Oh, nice. I think they went under. Because <laughs> I don't know how they was making it. It's money. like that movie pass where you get unlimited yeah, visits yeah, and it's yeah, like $10. Tight. I said that. But <laughs> <laughs> the whole situation ended up being so bad that I was like, what am I going to do? And then I'm staying with a friend in Lancaster for a little bit. Um, figured my life out. Went to Iceland for like a week. Mm-hmm. Thought about it. I was like, what am I going to do? I could go back home or I could, you know, figure it out. But I didn't know. I was just like tripped out. Mm-hmm. 
And then what ended up happening was um, my my manager kept calling me. She was like, hey, you know, you've been releasing your shifts. Are you coming back to work? Because in L.A. And I was like, you know what? Let me just finish out the weekend because it's like um, St. Patty's Day weekend. Like if you just finish up, um, if I ever finish up this shift, I could talk to my boss, get a transfer back home. Now I know what to expect. I could go back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And figure it out. So I hit my boy up who lived in Venice at the time about Hendrico. Uh, that's my brother, bro. Like, God, it all worked out because I hit him up. I was like, bro, I need a spot for like the weekend. Is it cool if I chill? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course. So he's like, I'm actually going to Mexico for a week. You could stay, you know, in my room and shit. I was like, oh, for sure. Yeah. So I was in Venice for a second and then um, it was St. Patty's Day weekend. I'm going to get ready to tell my boss, like, hey, I need to transfer and all that stuff because I don't. I don't got a place to live. Yeah. And then one of my uh, boy's roommates had a little function. One of the dudes was kind of drunk. And he was like, oh, man, my roommate is leaving. He, <laughs> he ain't find a replacement. If we don't find a replacement, we're going to have to pay for it ourselves. Mm-hmm. They were like, uh, so we're looking for a roommate and stuff. They were like, man, Joe's looking for a roommate. I was like, bro, I'm looking for a roommate. Mm-hmm. And they were like. He was like, it's 400 bucks a month. <laughs> I was like, Damn. I was already paying 400 bucks a month. And this time, it's not in the living room. It's my own room. Win, 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 win. <laughs> Lightweight. Because then <laughs> I say, oh, for sure. I could do that. And he's like, for real, because I got somebody else. To-. I was like, tell me you already got somebody. He's like, cool. You can't move in until the first. So I asked my boys, it's cool if I stay a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I go and I leave. And he's like, cool. So I went to go check out the spot. Bro, this place used to be like a trap house, frat house. Mm. This shit was so dirty. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, (laughs) there was no locks on the doors. Yeah. Like, it was bad, bro. It was Yeah, it was like, why is that? Fuck it, you know what I mean? It's a place to live. Right. I get in there, I'm living with like these like 19, 20-year-olds like. (laughs) That's disgusting. Yeah, I feel like a dad in this place. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on, bro? But it, it, it taught me a lot, man. It's just like, I grew hella fast within that year yeah. because of that. And then um, started understanding why credit is good and why you need that, why making sure you're on top of your game, mm-hmm. having a plan. I learned, uh, you know, you can't really um, allow things to affect you. You have to be at cause. Like, of course, the situation is what it is, but you have to respond and not react because I could easily have just been like, panicking and just be like all right fuck i'm going back home and not try to find a way to stay right but and just kind of like making that decision to stay everything just started working out yeah yeah but yeah i ended up getting out of that situation <coughs> in northridge moved to uh, north hollywood and now that's where i'm at right now yeah side note that's uh it's a dope story of you know how things worked out and I just want to share it real quick. Um, like, I remember, this is just funny. I remember my old coworker, um, Cheyenne, she was telling me that when she was, I think it was like in high school, uh, she was throwing a party. And of course, you know, you're not supposed to throw parties. So you had to, they had to hide it from their parents who were on vacation at the time. And they had dogs too. So basically, when they threw the party, they needed everybody to be, you know, to kick it in the yard, right? Yeah. So they had to clean up all the dog shit. Uh-huh. But they didn't want to get caught. So at the end of the party, put the they back. put it all back. <laughs> dude, <I'm> like, <laughs> strategically placing dog shit back. I oh, was that's laughing. hilarious. Yeah. Hey, man. That's how I realized we used to throw a lot of parties growing up. I grew up in a single parent household. Right. And so mom will work a double shift. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fucking asshole. We throw, down we throw parties all the time. And like yeah. everybody already knew like what's cracking on Friday. Like, oh, we going to Joe's house. Yeah. And we would throw some smacking parties. And uh, the whole thing was, it was so funny because my mom knew when we threw a party. And I asked her like when we got like, I was like, how'd you know? She was like, because the house was more cleaner than I left it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Uh, you had to dirty it back up. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's the circle of life. We always think we're hella slick, and our parents have done everything they, we've done. They know. They yeah. always knew. Oh, man. And then I remember, so the other thing that I thought was really incredible, too, was you told me when you wanted to, you had a fee for basically for, was it for SAG or what was it? It was something like you needed, um, it was like... Um, 
basically you need like a, I think it was like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks or something. And oh, thirty two hundred. Like, that, bruh, tell tell that shit because that that was like damn. oh yeah yeah no my my boys came through on that one man they uh they spotted me the three grand bro they believed in me yeah so you were. You were like, I want to take this acting seriously, but I don't have the money for this. Yeah. And they just said, this is for you. But they hit me up on that shit. Like, I didn't ask them to do that. They just kind of hit me up. Yeah. That's what I mean is like, that's what I, I, you know, what I'm getting at is like, everything falls into place as long as you just keep stepping forward. And sometimes you don't even have a step there. And you're like, people are like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to do what? And you're like... There's going to be a step here. Watch. I promise. Yeah, man. And then there is. You got to have that faith, bro. Like, you don't know when it's going to come. It's on and off the radar. Like, you have an idea how it's going to happen or how it's going to come. And then there's also that other thing that's happening. Like, I feel like I'm living on my grandmother's prayers, my mom's prayers. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, they've been praying for me. Yeah. I mean, that's why I pray for a lot of people, too, man. Yeah. Because I feel, I know how powerful prayer is. Bro. Prayer got me to where I'm at. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's all—it's all a big like circle of of energy and you know decisions that we make and physics, and it all just keeps flowing and flowing. Yeah. And as long as we continue to work on ourselves and keep helping people out, like it always comes back around. Like when I got my camera stolen, mm. um, I was like, you know, this basically this is what happened. It was two thousand dollars worth of equipment on facebook and i'm just like yeah this is really gonna hurt me and blah 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 if you can help out that'd be dope if you can't no worries and they ended up coming through with like 1600 what like almost all of it like my people so i know some of you guys are listening so thank you for that i fucking cried of happiness i was like (laughs) god damn i didn't think it was gonna be that much but that's just like an example and i have so many of them like i have so many examples of how things just fall into place or even when like i was telling you earlier before we started recording like whenever i have doubts or if i like let's say i have i'm I'm looking at my fucking bank statement Mm -hmm. and i'm like ah i don't know there's like i got barely enough but this doesn't look good (laughs) like i got enough to pay my bills but it doesn't look like i'm gonna have any extra money it just doesn't look good and then you know i'll get some booking where it's like oh 500 bucks thousand bucks i'm like oh my god like every time i like that i I, I feel like it's when you're um when you really need god he'll be like i got you bro (laughs) like i feel like it's when you are okay with the worst case scenario then you could focus on the best case scenario Mm -hmm. some people aren't okay with the best uh, worst case scenario so they get stuck and they're like they won't move because the worst case scenario is they go broke. Yeah. I think that's like a, I agree a hundred percent. And I think that's like a problem with really intelligent people mm. because they're so smart. They thought of 15 excuses and yeah. 30 different worst case scenarios. Sure. And then it prevents them from acting. Yeah. And you know, versus just do it. Just run the play. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Worst case we adapt always. I feel like the worst case scenario is we die. Eventually we'll go die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, you might as well shit. So I'm lightweight okay. Uh but that comes from, you know, being at like a such a level where it was just like, fuck, this is life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had to like get myself out of that. Right. And it wasn't until stand up got me out of that. Like stand up was like the one thing that saved my life, bro. Like Yeah. It was something that I did religiously. Right. I never missed a week of comedy for four years. Yeah. It was just like something I did consistently. That I never did anything that consistent in my life. Like Right. Same. And it was just something that built a discipline, right? It was just something that was there for you. And it helped me with where I'm at now with acting because without that discipline, <clears throat> I don't think I would have been able to put the work in I was able to do in a certain amount of years. Yeah. Because I, I, I know what it takes. I know what 10 years takes. So I was able to like jam pack like five years into like two years. Right. <laughs> so the thing that the other thing that's dope about right now with where we're at is <clears throat> I had recently just like announced like, yo, after, you know, it's been eight years of doing stand up and trying to figure out, you know, entrepreneur life and how to mm-hmm. let go of jobs and, you know, stop making money for other people and try to figure out how can I make my own, even if it's less how can I make my own money? Even when you get like, 
your first hundred dollars, like that Steve Harvey story where he he made fifty dollars at a comedy competition the mm. first time, and he cried all the way home. And his girl was like, "Why are you crying? This is just fifty dollars." He's like, "You don't understand. Like, this is what I I found my calling. Like, this is it. Like that. That's you know what it is. It, maybe it's not." crying for everybody the first time but when you make your own money and you have that fulfillment it pales in comparison to being like i made a thousand dollars working for somebody else versus 500 of my own it's like i made that 500 i did that shit i built this like i got i can create my own life it's like an epiphany you know yeah and what's really cool about right now is like me and joe are both uh joe's about to put his you said two weeks in yeah so joe's about to put his two weeks in and take the full dive for the first time and then i'm so proud of him because that's like it's a scary moment to be like all right <laughs> all right because it's Shit, like this is hold, a deep ass y'all hold me accountable now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah now you have to he's like i was gonna get a couple more shifts in motherfucker <laughs> yeah man it like um yeah because i was i was using unemployment to supplement my shit while i was doing mm. shows and then right again, like I said, the timing, I was like, okay, I'm going to put in, um, you know, at this date, I'm going to stop my unemployment no matter what. I have to. I got to take the full dive. Fuck that. I'm going to do it. I don't, wanna, I don't want the government to help me when I don't need to be helped when I can make it happen. So I just kept the training going and doing shows and then... You know, recently I was like, "Fuck it, I'm all in," yeah. and and it was it was a scary moment. And even now, there's there's not I'm not even like really making enough, like to pay the bills consistently, like consistently. I make money here, then here, then here, then here, and if I don't make it, then it's like I'm fucked. Like Kabir Singh had a joke about that where he's like, "I'm broke and it's exciting." He's yeah, like, yeah, "Every day is an that. adventure." Yeah. He's like, okay, if I don't make it, I'm I'm done. <laughs> and it's like I'm living that, but with faith, like a lot of faith. Like yeah. anybody else who hasn't like felt what we've experienced with like, you know, the calling and, and the, the amazing moments that we felt would be like, fuck that. There's no guarantee. Like, hell, no, I need security. I I'm think like, that's the beauty in it, that there is no guarantee. Yeah, it makes it fun. That means there's no guarantee that I'll fail either. Right, you know right, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that there is no guarantee is what makes everything amazing. It's like, oh, shit, that's tight. Because anything could happen any yeah. anytime. Dude. Like, tomorrow, life could change. Yeah, you could get booked on some shit that's like, yeah. here's, you know, this is a $50,000 booking, and you're just like, what Yeah, and the then, then there's going to be $100,000. Then exactly. Million, it's just, just going to... There's no ceiling, and that's like the it's gamble called an, is it's no called ceiling. A, uh, it's called an identity, so you just got to check your identity. So if somebody says, we'll pay you uh, 5000 a month, 10000 a month, 20000 50000 $500,000, $1 million, $2 million, $50 whatever, you've already agreed to one of those already. That's your identity. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you willing to work for five thousand a month? You willing to work for ten thousand a month? You, you know what I'm saying? There's people that will not take ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah, they be like, I need me that two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they already create like, but it, it's levels. Like you got to keep leveling up, right? And like for me, it was always in the hundreds. Right now, I just got into the thousands. Right, same. And I'm thirty-four. Yeah, same in comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thirty-four. Yeah, thirty-four. Grow, I'm like, thirty-one. Growing up, like me and money did not have a good relationship. Yeah, like at all, bro. It takes so much skill yeah. to, and like knowledge to actually know what credit is, how yeah. to be financially disciplined. That shit is a skill. Yeah, I just I just seen what it did to families and my you know and the people in my life and like I just me and relation me and relation me and um money is just did not mesh yeah and it's, it sucks because you see people stressing out arguing yeah, fighting literally like, like physically fighting like that was my whole thing for a while and then you know but it was very contradictory because growing up it was all about money you know what I mean? money over everything and like so it was just weird to have these conflicting ideologies for money yeah and it wasn't until i got a better understanding again when i was out here by myself is when it started clicking i was like Oh, actually, it happened when I got my DUI in 2014 mm, shit. because I was I was putting off paying off so much shit. Like I was putting off paying off um, student loans, credit mm -hmm. cards, <laughs> like <laughs> all that. 
Yeah. Because I thought 2012 was going to happen and at the end of the world was going to happen. So I just ran up my credit and stopped paying stuff because I thought the economy <laughs> was just going to go to shit. <laughs> Y2J. I'm about to ball <laughs> up. I was like, fuck it. Oh, man. That was funny. But then you had to pay for that. You got to pay for that, man. And, yeah. Uh, it was a great lesson learned. It was a blessing and a, a curse at the same time. But it got me right because when I got my DUI, I was like, okay, my taxes are coming. I'm just going to use my tax money to pay off whatever. And then when my tax thing came in, the IRS said, oh, you got expunged or you got to deduct. Like, we took mm. the money and it went to your student loans. And I was like, oh, what? And then I looked Who up. Who is expunged? And then, Fuck yeah, this yeah. motherfucker. And then my uh, my credit score went up. Mm. I was like, oh, you, so you telling me if I just pay off shit, <laughs> my credit score is going to go up? So, I started so like, if I'm financially responsible, <laughs> you're telling me you're going to reward me for really? it? I never would have thought. <laughs> so I started getting on the phones. I'm like, you know, paying off Comcast bills, paying off credit cards, nice. negotiating. So I learned how to like finally look at my bank account. Because when I would look at it being the negatives or mm-hmm. my credit should be up or fucked up. I was like 449 in my credit score. Damn. The lowest. Yeah, it was bad, bro. 49er fans. Uh, <laughs> but now I'm like at 780, bro. Like, nice. and that was within like, let's go yeah so that's 2014 so that's like six years seven six seven years hell yeah i'm at seven 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 yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> but yeah that's what i'm saying is like things happen in your life that may look like it's the end of the world but i feel like it's the beginning because i was so fixated on becoming sober at that time i wanted to get my money right i wanted to get my life right and i was going opposite direction to where i wanted to go yeah and it was almost like a slingshot where you keep going in the opposite direction <laughs> yeah and it's just gonna fuck your shit up if yeah. you keep going because it's gonna give and then once it gives your life is gonna flip so quick right and you're gonna be like holy shit and it's gonna go in the direction you want but it's gonna shake up your current world and your right. current situation and you're gonna be like what the fuck just happened yeah it's funny how that just general human behavior always works like that yeah. like you know people with like diabetes right when they're like we're gonna cut your leg off okay okay i'll get my shit together (laughs) you know or like when you tell a woman you know or a young girl don't ever stay away from men you can't do this you can't party you can't drink you can't smoke and then it's like like you said it's a slingshot and then they're gonna fucking hoe out and then they (laughs) and then they come back and now they're like civilized but they're like you know you gotta crash into that wall yeah man you all we have to experience that because or like when people are hella drunk and then they're being belligerent being assholes and then some dude just socks them in the face and they're just like oh okay oh it's like yeah dude like you were tripping and then they like wake up yeah i can see (laughs) i did knock my two teeth out oh man what happened were you just being an asshole hell i wasn't being an asshole um there was a it was like a big brawl going out like uh-huh. at a party we was at and my homies was fighting everybody was fighting i was like hey brother they fighting outside mm-hmm. and i didn't know the dude was just already done pointing a gun at everybody damn already just like kind of checking everybody mm. and i would walk in right when i walk in i was like hey brother they fighting outside we gotta go like let's go you know jump in and then all of a sudden dude just turns around and just blasts me in my mouth what the yeah. hell i didn't know he had a gun though damn yeah and then uh i just kind of walked in the house i was like what the fuck and like check the mirror I went to go grab a knife. Okay. I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> fucking young drunk and trying to... Fucking the dad was at the house. What the fuck was going on? I was like, motherfucker, me. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Damn. But, yeah, I learned my lesson. It was just like, now it's just like, I don't... I don't just yell shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just, you know what I mean? I contemplate. I check things out. I make sure, like, you know, my people are good. I make sure I'm good. And I'm just... I'm not going to be the one to just yell shit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, growing up, you just, well, we grew up, you know, it's just like we got a lot of friends that just <laughs> a little hypey little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen many fights happen <laughs> at house parties, warehouse parties, bars. bars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Frank Castillo were talking about on the last episode about hood stories in San yeah. Jose and even his mom was like pregnant and got out and checked the bitch. And yeah. she was like, I'll fuck you up, you and your daughter. I'll have this baby and I'll fuck you. I was like, God damn. But I had an ex girlfriend who her mom was like that too. Oh, man. It's always, I was telling him it's hilarious when women get like, when they f- get all masculine and they, you know, they're, I'll fuck a bitch up. It's just <laughs> hilarious to me. I don't know. They got the Jordans in the trunk. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to go? Yeah, man. So yeah, we're uh, we're we're full. We're fully in now, and it's been how, how ten years for you or more? For what? For like just doing comedy and like you know chasing the dream and then going into acting. How many years of comedy and how many years of acting? So I started in two thousand nineteen with with comedy. Okay. With acting, it was on and off since like high school. I was like doing like theater stuff like in class like in high school yeah and then after high school i did like a play for one of my friends who was in that class before mm-hmm. she was like, oh you used to act right oh you want to be on th- in this play so i did like one play mm-hmm. and then i was doing like auditions and stuff back home in san francisco but that got like print work never i never really dove into acting acting i got like a groupon class <laughs> for like two weeks nice <laughs> that was pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but it wasn't until I moved to LA, which is in 2017, end of 2016, mm-hmm. uh, that I got into like an actual class. And that was like for a year. And then within that year, I did like student films and all that stuff. And then 2018, 2019, I got into my first movie, but I was like an extra. Mm-hmm. And that was with the Dolph Lundgren movie. And uh, they had a premiere and everything with Natalie Byrne. Shout out to her. She's doing a lot of stuff right now. And um, got into that. And it wasn't until that was on my like IMDb. I was like, oh, shit, it's kind of legit. <laughs> <laughs> you got your first taste. Of- yeah, yeah. And then doing the premiere and then doing all that stuff. It's kind of kind of wild. But um, 2020, 2019, 2020, I got my like first commercial. Uh, like the athletic commercial. Then the um, Super Bowl commercial with T-Mobile. Nice. Then 2020, I did the uh, Lifetime film. Got two Lifetime films. And then this year, I got like the co-star. So it's about two and a half years. Hell yeah. Yeah, within that three, two and a half years, within that three years, it was just like knocking out these, get your headshots, get your resume, get your reel, get, you know, doing whatever people were telling me to do, I was just doing it. Yeah. Like, you tell me what to do, I'm going to do it. And then got me to where I'm at, end up getting like headshots for free. From Sylvia, man, she was uh, Sylvia Moore. She was an amazing photographer and like weird how things happen, man. I'm telling you, like when you make a choice and you make a decision, you want something and it's in alignment with what you want, and you know it wants you. Mm-hmm. Things just kind of work out because I didn't have the money for headshots. Headshots around here go for like two fifty, three hundred, five hundred for good ones, right? Like top of the line. Yeah, and she was one of the top of the line people. So I was at work, I was, <laughs> and it was her and her friend, they were just watching, and they were asking me, like, um, not watching, they were just, like, eating. <laughs> I guess they were watching, because they were like, oh, we've been de- debating what your ethnicity was. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm Guatemalan, Filipino. They were like, yeah, we thought you were, like, black, or, like, uh, Mexican. I was like, oh. I feel like whenever somebody asks, what's your ethnicity, they're trying to fuck. <laughs> like when dudes are like, what What are you mixed with? It's like they're trying to fuck. That, that, that's, that, yeah. You know? <laughs> like I've had that. They were they were definitely feeling you. Like I've had that where a girl would be like, are you Puerto Rican? And like, you want you want me to be Puerto Rican. Like, are you black? And Puerto like, freaking. you want me to be black. And like, <laughs> you're just saying all the shit you want to be anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, but my And like... <laughs> So they were like, um, so how's acting? Because, you know, they're like, what, what what brings you out here and all this stuff? I was like, oh, you know, I'm a stand-up comic, just trying to get into acting. How's that working out for you? I was like, well, you yeah. got to have a resume. You got to have headshots. You know, you can't really find decent headshots for a certain amount of dollars. Everybody says they do headshots, but it ain't the right ones. Right. Know? And they started laughing. I was like, why are y'all laughing? They were like, well, she does headshots. I was like, ah, everybody says that. She's like, They're like, nah, she is like the headshot lady like mm. agencies send their clients to her nice. i was like oh then i definitely can't afford you <laughs> <laughs> so then you're laughing <laughs> yeah hell, i definitely can't afford you they're like and they're like you know what take my number down you know this and the other reach out to me we'll set up a session i was like cool so i'm thinking they're gonna give me like a discount mm-hmm. 150 you know 100 bucks so i'm trying to make that money she's like yeah it's gonna be monday because I, I i don't that's the only time i have i was like cool so i get all my stuff i get there she never hit me up about the price. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm like, bro, I was like, I don't have no cash. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have no money. I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, maybe I could credit. I don't know. <laughs> this is before Venmo. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and OnlyFans. Yeah, no, right? Uh, I was like, hey, uh, she's like, where's your wardrobe? I was like, oh, I was in the car. I was like, hey, before I go grab my wardrobe, you never told me, you know, the pricing. Like, we never discussed that. She's mm-hmm. like, so, oh, no, nah, I'm doing it for free. Nice. And I was like, what? She was like, nah, you know, I just like your spirit. I believe in you, and I want to help you out. I was like, fuck. And she was like, but don't tell nobody. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, I'm telling the fucking everybody. <laughs> That's but helpful. it ended up working out. So it's kind of like crazy how, it, you know, when you're just genuine and you're just kind of doing your thing, people will recognize that. Like, right. she didn't have to do that. Right. Like, at all. So whenever I have a chance, when I could do something for somebody, I do. I think Bruce Lee said it best. He's like, if I could do good in a situation, I'd do it. If I could do it. If I have an opportunity to do it in that moment, I don't question it. I just do it. Yeah. I'm like, I like that. If I could do it. Right. I don't force myself to do good shit all the time yeah <laughs> but if i can right, i'm gonna fucking do it yeah man definitely i've uh ran into a lot of those things and um i'm excited about being in a position to be able to help people because it again it's a circle of life it's like there was there was another joe you know you're gonna serve another joe that was coming up you're gonna be in a position one day where there's gonna be somebody who's like i need headshots i need mm-hmm. my reel and you'd be like oh i got some resources you yeah. know and then, you know, like, I, I take care of the other kids in comedy, too. I'd be like, you know, hey, you're you're fucking hilarious. Yeah, man. You deserve to be getting booked on what I'm getting booked on. And then I get them paid or I get them, you know, whatever I can. That goes a long way. And definitely. So I used to put on people on my shows all the time. Yeah. Just like uh, Charles Scott. Bro, I put him on one of my shows in 2011. And it was a dope show, too. It was, like, a big show. Samuel Bate headlined that one. We had, like, Reggie Matthews on that. Oh, yeah. Damn. R.I.P., bro. Well, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Wild. That was a while ago. Uh, we had... Who was on that show? We had a crazy lineup. Mark Prince even showed up. But uh had Aaron Paula sing. <laughs> have our boy DJ uh, Be Easy uh, DJing. It was lit, bro. Was like, yeah. It was in Oakland. Yeah. But I put him on. And he was so new. I'm talking about new, new. Mm-hmm. But I gave him five minutes up front. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, whatever. Like, you asked me, and I had an opportunity to give you a spot. And mm-hmm. I did. And then the crazy thing about doing that is fast forward, I think, like, three years later. Yeah, about three years later, I get a, uh, a message from my Facebook. He said, hey, bro, um, uh, I got this gig in L.A. at the comedy store. I can't do it. And they asked me if I knew anybody in my place and I want to give it to you. Damn. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's tight because I've been thinking about wanting to do LA for a long time. He's like, yeah, man, you just got to get out there, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really, I didn't even ask the details. I was like, perfect. Yeah. I was like, yes. But I was unemployed at that time and I didn't know how I was going to get out there. I was like, my car wasn't going to make it out there. I was like, so I did um, Amtrak. It was like the first time, like, it was like, I could have done Megabus, but yeah. I did Amtrak. And Amtrak is dope. I don't know if you ever took Amtrak. Mm, is that the one that goes to San Jose? Too? No. It's like the, it's the train. It's like okay. the Bay Area Transit. Yeah. Oh, not the Bay Area Transit. That's fucking <laughs> it's a, it's a, It's a Bay Area. Uh, it goes through the Bay. It goes to like Lake Tahoe. Obviously, yeah. it goes to LA and shit. Um, but yeah, it was a train. Then it was a um, a bus, then the metro station, then a bus, and then I walked. God damn! To get to the comedy store, I didn't have no money. You had ripped jeans, sticks <laughs> in your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, I had no money. Right, I had a little James mm-hmm. Ward backpack, <laughs> Capri Suns, hella random shit. Uh, I had like these fucking fresh out of prison Corcoran motherfuckers sitting around me while I was God, chilling. damn, this man they're is like, flexing right now. I had Capri Suns. <laughs> oh, like, damn, daddy. Bro, it was like, it was like, oh, you look like our cousin. I was like, oh, nah, I ain't him. <laughs> I was like, I have my Capri Suns. I was like, y'all want Capri Suns? <laughs> I was just trying to be nice to them because I'm trying to sleep, bro. I ain't right. trying to, you know what I mean? Get woke up and they just fucking trying to jack my shit. And I was like, whatever, y'all want some Capri Suns? Um, fast forward, I'm there hella early. I'm I'm trying to figure it out because I don't have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm gonna just pull a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I don't care how big she is. Oh, I'm saying I'm just trying to get home somewhere and sleep. 
And then, uh, uh, you that's breathing heavy, I need a ride. Oh my god! So the funny <laughs> thing about this situation is, I get out to uh, out there. It's the belly room. I don't know if you've done that. Mm, yep. Belly, yeah. Yep. It's the belly room. You gotta have five people. I didn't know that. Mm, it's a bringer shit. show. It's a bringer show. Didn't know that. I don't know five fucking people. Like I could call right after that, and they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry. If you don't have five people, you can't perform." Oh. I was like, uh, I just came all the way from Pittsburgh, California. <laughs> they thought I was talking about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I, <laughs> I let them believe that. Fuck it. <laughs> it sounds further. Yeah. I was like, I came all the way from Pittsburgh. I took the train. I took the bus. I took the uh, uh, the metro. I had to walk. They were like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Oh, man. But you can hang out. I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm hanging out in the green room, meeting all these comics, meeting everybody. Crazy Cindy comes up to me and she was like, well, if there's time at the end, I could put you up. And that'd be like around 12, 30, 1 o'clock. I was yeah. like, bet I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, please. Okay. Thank you. So, all right. It's like damn near 12, 30, 1 o'clock. <laughs> there is nobody left in the audience. There's like three people. Oh, one drunk, yeah. a couple. And like, and then she's like, go do your shit. You know, she's obviously watching. So I go up and do my five minutes. Kill it, Bobby Lee and Polly Shore right at the top watching. Nice. They come up to, uh, after I get off. They're like uh, crazy. Like, that was funny. Da, da, da. You need to come back on my other show. I'm gonna do the main. Like hell on my shit. Like <laughs> hell on me, bro. Like I was like, oh, appreciate you. Like hell yeah. She was like, but next time just bring five people and you're good. But I, I want to get you on the main room. I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then um, talked to Bobby Lee and uh, Polly Shore. Polly was like, that was good, man. I was like, oh, appreciate it, Bobby Lee. Nah, that was good, bro. I was like, appreciate it. And the apology was like, but slow down. Mm. I was like, oh, appreciate that. And I was like, yeah, but other than that, man, that was good. Was nice. Because, you know, I was just super nervous. You know what I mean? Just right. like, it just started going. But, Hell yeah. You know, but that shit was funny. I was like, appreciate that. So just getting that feedback from them like, within that was worth like that weight and just that weird situation I was in. I go downstairs. It's a Tuesday. It's industry night. So I go downstairs. Earthquake's there. Brandon T. Jackson's down there. Lester yeah. from, I forget his name now. Big dude. He was in like the longest yard. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Jai White's out there. <laughs> Amir K's down there. This is when he had short hair. It's like everybody was down there just chilling. And, you know, I'm young. I'm just like walking around. I'm trying to find some shit. <laughs> but I'm so hungry right now. I have no money. I'm like, oh, fuck a bitch. Like, I, I, need, I need food. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I talked to Lester. Uh, I tell him the situation, like everything I just told you guys. And then he goes, you know how I know you're going to make it? I was like, how? from that story you just told me you stuck around you 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 on your last dollar you came out here bro like yeah you're gonna make it a lot appreciate that he said you want a drink i was like, all right gets me a drink empty stomach oh. drink alcohol <laughs> i'm like oh my stomach is killing me girls come up to me to like who are you da, 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 da. and then this is like this is joe corzo you know joe corzo <laughs> pull your id out I was like, what? <laughs> so I pulled my ID out. I'm just showing up. It's Joe Corso. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> so fucking, I was like, all right, excuse me, girls. I'll be right back. I need to get some food because my stomach is killing me. I see them packing up like all the food and stuff. Like they're closing up shop. I was like, hey, man, how much for a pizza? Because I ain't going to sell you that. I was like, why not? He's like, it's stale. I was like, fuck it, dude. I'll take it. He's like, well, I'll just give it to you. I was like, cool. Hell, nice. it's stale. It was like tombstone pizza. Oh, stale man. tombstone pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fuck it, I eat it, boom. But that just held me down for like a second. After I get done eating that, girls are gone. Everybody's going into the limos. Mm. Everything's closing up. Reality kicks in. Damn. I don't have a place to stay. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in L.A., young 22-year-old, not knowing what the fuck is going on. No money, no money, to go. nothing. I, I look across the street, I see a Best Western. Back home, Best Western is like $35, $40. Yeah. From what I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I lived in the hood though, so that best western was a hood ass fucking spot. That wasn't the best western. So, that, was, uh, that was the worst okay western. western. <laughs> <laughs> Not so good western. Yeah. Uh, fucking uh, the fucking. I was gonna say the Middle Eastern. So, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I go across the street. They're like, "Oh, it's about it's like eighty dollars for a night or something like." That. It was like more than that. It was probably more than that. I don't mm. remember. It was more than what I could afford. And I was like, fuck. I come back. Um, there was this dude, Brian. Uh, he goes by Doc, which I, I want to reach out to him soon. But uh, I was like, hey, bro. I was like, you know, like, where any places 
you know, where, where I'm going. <laughs> like, you know, where the fuck anything is. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what are you looking for? I was like, well, I'm just looking for a place to stay. I was like, Best Western is like here, but it's too expensive. I'm like, bro, I was like, he's like, yeah, man, Hollywood tax. Da, da, da. He's like, if you go this way, it gets hella, hella hood. If you go up that way, it gets hella, hella gay. <laughs> Either way, your ass is fucked. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. I was like, he's like, oh, well, give me a second. I'll finish this conversation. I can give you a ride. I was like, perfect. Hop in his car after you get driving down all down uh sunset each place we go to motel hotel holiday inn whatever sixty dollars seventy dollars eighty dollars fifty dollars like fuck he said what do you need to go i was like bro i need to get to the union station he's like well i need gas i was like well i can give you five dollars like cool give him five dollars now i have like twenty five dollars god damn (laughs) that five dollars hit me oh i had 30 fuck uh, he's like, all right. So we get to the Union Station. He goes, here's the Union Station. We go around the block. There's a little little motel, whatever. Go in there. It's like old ass, uh, fucking old uh, dude looking from uh, Kill Bill and shit with the fucking Fu Manchu. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out. He's like, he's like, oh, can I help you? I was like, hey man, I already had it down. The whole spiel. I was like, I'm 22 years old. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm 22 years old. I came all the way down from Pittsburgh, California. I just need a place to stay. I got to be at the train station at, you know, at, at like early in the morning. He's like, okay. Um, uh, how much you got? I was like, I got 30. Fuck, I don't have 30. He tried to, <laughs> he, he tried to swipe it for 30. He wouldn't go through. He's like, it's not going through. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I gave him five. I have 25. He's like, oh. I was like, boom. Wipes it. Goes good for 25. All right. Damn. He's like, thank you. He's like, you're going to go into this room. Don't make a mess. Blah, blah, blah. Just clean up after yourself. I was like, thank you so much. Dude, Brian is coming out the car. He's like, Joe, you good? He's like, who's that? I was like, no, 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 no. He's just dropping me off. I swear to God. <laughs> I was like, bro, we're good, bro. I was like, thank you. And he's like, all right, man. Like, hella far away. I was like, stay over there. Don't come over here. He had a samurai sword. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Who, the fuck? Who the fuck is that? I was like, no, no, no. He's just dropping me off. He's like, okay. Boom, get into my uh, apartment. I'm in an apartment. Okay, my apartment. Get into the <laughs> motel. Fucking just like breathe a sigh of like, what the fuck just happened? Like, that was crazy. Yeah. Performed, found a place to stay, and just went through what I went through. And after what he said, I was like, man, okay. Looks like, you know, this could be something. But that was like my first LA experience with that one. Damn. And then obviously I came back well prepared for the main, the main room. Yeah. Which I ended up having five people at that time. Nice. I was able to perform. And I got two girls, Australian chicks, from that night. Nice. Exactly what I wanted that happened <laughs> the first time, happened the second time. Wow. So, and at first you don't succeed, yeah. get up and try again. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember uh, I had a, I don't know, I guess heartbreak story in L.A. when I first came out here. I was also trying to perform and this is like this is one of many stories of just like wild shit but I feel like I always find the lesson in whatever happens in my life like I remember so basically my boy Romy Roman Suarez he's a comic from LA I mean from New York he had hit me on IG randomly and he was like yo I love your shit he's like I think you're really talented you're young he's like I've been trying to come to LA to do some shows if you can get me on some shows in LA or in the in Cali, basically in the Bay or LA, I'll pay for your plane ticket to come to New York and I'll hook uh, you up with some shows in New York. I was like, what the fuck? At that time, I, w- I don't even think I had even ventured outside of Cali. I, I had hardly, I think I went to Seattle and mm. Arizona, but that was it. But I was like, damn, who the fuck is this guy? Like some random dude on IG. I'm like, I don't even know if I could trust this <laughs> motherfucker. But he was like, you know, we we talked on the phone for a minute for like a good half hour. And basically he came through. Like oh, I, shit. he came to the Bay, you know, and he stayed at, I was living with my mom at the time. He stayed with me at my mom's house mm. for the whole week. And we did a bunch of shows together. And and then I went to New York. He paid for my plane ticket. We did some shows out there, but which was dope. But the the crazy part was when we came to L.A., we were supposed to get on at the Laugh Factory. Oh, same thing. Sunset. The, the one on Sunset. Okay. Yeah, just fucking whatever Hollywood. And I was like, this is my shot. I'm about to kill it. 
this is my first time going to Hollywood to perform. I put on my Facebook, my Inst- like everybody was, you know, 200 likes. Everybody, Frankie's going to make that, it. You yeah, do remember that? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was crazy. And everybody was like, that's so dope, so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. I go to, I go to the, the Laugh Factory. We get there, the manager's like, okay, I got Roman Suarez on the lineup. I was like, what about me? I was like, uh, Frankie Marcos? I was like, I'm on the show too. And prior to this, I had told Roman, I was like, yo, you know, he, he said he had the plug to get on the show. And I was like, all right, dope. Mm. But he told me, I was like, yo, can you show me the email that says I'm on the show? And he was like, don't trip. Like, you're good. And I was like, I, you know, I, I, I just met you, man. Like, can you please just show me? The proof, I'm on an email, and he's like, trust me, you're good. I just talked to her, blah, blah, blah. I just verified, and I was like, I'm just this type of dude. Please just show me the verification. We went back and forth like 10 times before I finally went, all right, man, I'm going to trust you. We show up that night. She was like, you're not on the show. Uh, I was like, my heart dropped. I was like, nah. I was like, no, like, Roman got me on the show. Like, I'm on the show. And then... He was like, can we talk to, you know, the, the booker or whatever? Because they said that he's on. They're like, they're not here tonight. So if they're not here, I can't put you on. I'm sorry. Roman, you can still go on, but you can't, Frankie. And I was just like, I didn't even know how to feel. Like, mm-hmm. I felt every emotion. I walked out of the club, and I was like, first I got, like, first I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like a mad cry, you yeah. know? And I just took a walk, and then I just kind of... Sat there for a couple minutes like, well, this is this is happening. Whether you like it or not, this is your life right now. It's going to happen. There's going to be times where you just don't get it. And so half of me was like, you can you can go sock Roman in the face <laughs> when he gets out of the show. And you could be like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Boom on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crying and booing. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> Boo. <Yeah. laughs> and then so you can go back in. And you can watch him and just act civilized and figure it out. Yeah. Or you can just walk away and stay a while and then go back and, and fucking fuck him up or do whatever you want. Pick one of the two. You got two options. And then so I was like, what, what, what's that going to help? You know, if I go the dark way, what's that going to do? So I go back to the comedy club and he had like he had two people with him. It was Jimmy and James. Jimmy's an actor. And James is a motivational speaker, international speaker. Mm. He has a fucking big ass mural in LA. Like he's he's been, yeah, in the White House twice Dope. during Obama's presidency. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but basically, I was like, I was having that argument in my head: dark side versus the good side. And we go in the club, and I'm just watching it. I'm just gazing at the stage. I'm just like, gay. I still recorded his set. And I was like mad and sad and I filmed his set for him. He wanted me to film his set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck this. I'm still going to film it while I decide what to do here. And then I fucking, whatever. He gets off stage. He did a great job. James, Jimmy, me, Roman. We're like, I'm just trying to like, I'm like, don't be mad. Don't be sad. Like, don't fuck up everybody's vibe just because your little world is crushed. <laughs> so they're like, we're about to go to a bar. And I'm just like, just like a blank stare. And they're like, is he okay? And I'm just like, <laughs> and then basically I was like, I, I was like, yo, Roman, let's go take a walk real quick. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I was like, I was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I got in his face, and I was like, I should fucking sock you in your face. He's like, you fucking piece of shit. He was like, he's like, you could punch me, man. I'm sorry. He's like, I really tried for you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck you, man, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not going to do it, but I was like, you really fucked up and blah, blah, blah. And then um, and I was like, you know, I, I he was like, let's just kick it for a couple minutes. He's like, we're going to go out. He's like, if you don't want to come with us, I understand. I'm so sorry, man. He apologized hella times. And I was like, you know what? Like, just do the right thing. Like, what? It, what is it going to help if yeah. you just bitch? Well, why didn't he just tell you not to? Why, why didn't he just tell you you didn't get on? I don't know. I guess he <laughs> thought that I was going to get on. I don't know. But... Uh, what? But anyway, but long story short, yeah. we I was like, fuck it. Let's just let's go out, man. I'm going to I was like, I'm going to try to get myself out of this headspace right now. I think I could do it. Let's just go. Let's just go have a drink. It's all good. I'm sorry for wilding out like that. 
it just sucks. He's like, you understand? I was like, you understand? He's like, yeah, of course. We go out, and I'm just still like blank stare for like the first 10 minutes. We're walking in Hollywood. Everybody's out. Beautiful women everywhere. Yeah. My boy's wearing, James wearing a suit. We're all, whatever. And then we go to this sick-ass bar. And then when we get to the bar, I'm like, all right, I'm good. We're good. We start having a good time. We're talking, and then James is like, you know, we're just shooting the shit. And then I find out that this motherfucker that's with us is an international speaker and he's got a fucking big ass picture of him in LA and he's been in the White House and all this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, and he comes from like a gang banging background. Mm -hmm. He has this incredible moving story. And I was like, if you would have picked the dark side, you wouldn't, you would have been away. That, yeah, yeah, from these. And now James is like a good friend and he's just like an incredible person to know. And obviously, Roman's my boy now and like, you know, we've shared stages and, and whatnot, but it was a good lesson of like, number one, you're going to get fucked over in this industry many times. Yeah, man. And number two, how are you going to react? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a little bitch and let your emotions take over? But my emotions. Yeah. Or are you going to be logical and do the right thing? Yeah. So that's reaction versus response. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that was crazy. But I also realized when I was there, I was like, these motherfuckers are good. I was Monsters. like, I wasn't ready anyway. I was Monsters. like, yeah. Dude, remember when you first came to LA and yeah. you saw the difference of, obviously there's still a bunch of shitty comics just like any mm -hmm. other comedy scene. But when you see the best in the world, yeah. you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, man. It fires you up, dude. I, I like, it does. Yeah. I mean, you need that balance, though. You need to see people that bomb and you got to see people that, that kill because... If you just keep seeing people that kill, you probably get discouraged. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lucky for me, I came in and my first comedy show was open mics. Like, I don't know if you know how I got into stand-up. Mm -mm. But I lied and said I did stand-up. Nice. And, <laughs> and uh, my homie, like, uh, my boy, he introduced us to uh, boy Lavelle, rest in peace. Uh, he was like, yeah, it's my boy Joe. I was like, I used to my boy Lavelle. He does stand up, and I was like, I was like, me too. <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. I'm like, why did I fucking say that? I was like, me too. And my boy is like in behind him. He's like, the fuck? he's like, he knows me by his whole life. He's like, you don't do stand up. He's like, all right, whatever. See where this goes. <laughs> he's like, oh, dope. He's like, bro, you need to come out to Tommy T's this Monday. It's an open mic. I was like, oh, for sure, this Monday I'm there. I wasn't doing nothing. I was unemployed. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So we get to uh, Monday, open mic, right before they call my name. I go, bro, I've never done this in my life. <laughs> he goes, well, here's your chance. He didn't even judge me on that. He goes, here's your chance. Nice. And then I was like, sure. I go up there, talk about the first time my mom walked in on me having sex. <laughs> 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 that went well, and then all of a sudden it just kind of died out. You know, the laughs were in the beginning, then it died out because obviously I didn't have legs. Yeah. But that first experience, I knew I wanted to do this again. Right. And I went the next week and then the next week. And then it was like probably like the fourth week or fifth week. I actually wrote down a joke. It was a no homo joke. And <laughs> yeah, it's like when no homo was big and, yeah. uh, and it killed. I was like, Oh shit. All I got to do is, um, all I got to do is write it down and do it. You know what yeah. I, mean? like, I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that was like the introduction. That's why when people ask me like, Oh, how do you get into stand? I was like, Oh, just fucking get up. But like I said, like it, it it, it kind of helped me go on an open mic first because not everybody was good. Right. But there was cats that were killing it. Like, yeah. Kabizi was, like, just crossing over. You know what I mean? He already won a certain amount of competitions with them already, so he was already already crossing over. Samuel Bay was already crossing over. All these guys were already crossing over. And I was like, I want to be like them. Right. Which I never got to that level because they're fucking born for this, bro. Right. Like, and it was amazing to just, you know, work with them. You know, I've been on their shows. I had them on my shows before. But, like, seeing them all get to where that now, like, is inspiring. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, but again, there was other comics that were people that just came in just to come in. That weren't comics. They were just people that wanted to knock it out of the bucket list. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it wasn't until you go see, like, the real motherfuckers, like, you know, over the weekend or you go to Punchline and watch them or you go to Cobbs and watch them or wherever you go when I went to LA and watched them like when I did that second show at the main room Sarah Silverman I got bumped I was I was in between Sarah Silverman and Bobby Lee damn 
There goes that was a whole hour, hella oh, fast. Oh shit. <clears throat> but let's finish this thought real quick. So you were in between Silverman and <laughs> yeah. Bobby Lee. Yeah, it was crazy. I was in the I was in the green room and uh, well black room it was like black and red in that room. And you could just see like you could just feel the history in there and then um Sir Silverman walks into the to the uh to the green room and I'm like, Man, she's beautiful. Who is this? <laughs> she's hot, bro. Like I don't know if you ever seen her in person. Yeah. Not in person, but I know she's beautiful. I was like, Who is this? She's like, Yeah, it's comic. And then she sits down, I was like, Oh she has Sir Silverman. She sits right next to me. I was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Joe. I said, she's like, I'm Sir. I was like, Oh, I know. I was like, like, you take a photo <laughs> she's like sure fucking take a photo and then everybody wanted to take a photo oh, i felt shit. so i was like so sorry i'm sorry she was like sorry right. and then uh but yeah now nah, she was hella cool bro we had a nice little conversation and then bobby lee came in then he did his thing right after me so it was like i was sandwiched between these two greats yeah and then my two homies got to watch me and like a couple homegirls that came through and then those australian girls like you know what i mean so it's just being in a world where you can uh, meet greatness and people that are on the come up and then people that are just there to just do it. Right. right. What, uh, what, how did, that, whoa, how did that set go? That one was awesome. I nice. remember that one. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, again, around, around that time, I was like at the top of my game. Like, not yeah. top of it, but I was like, I was so new that I was so, so exciting, and yeah. I was and I was already kind of polished a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't all the way polished, but I was there. You know what yeah, I mean? and it's it was at a point where it's like, well, fuck it, if I bomb, my bomb. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm then, here. This is amazing <laughs> either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is a dope. Ass. The only thing I didn't want to do was run the light. Right. That was my biggest fear, was running the light in L.A. Like, or yeah. like anywhere or at a bit any big club. Like my anti club, I don't know if you have anti club. If that makes any sense. Mm. My anti club was Cobbs. It was always mm. hard for me to like mm. get over that weird stage. It's not a stage fright because I'll still perform, but I'm not performing at my top mm-hmm. level. I'm just not. Com- I wasn't as comfortable there. It yeah. was just really big for me. I don't know because the Laugh Factory in Long Beach is really big. I killed there, but yeah, I think something about Cobbs, maybe. Mm, yeah, no, there's some places where you kill, and there's some places where you just don't do well. Like, it's just like yeah, yeah, like there was this uh this room in SF International when I did that competition in Marin at this theater, and that was the only night in the the competition that I got first place. They love me there. I don't know what it is. Mm. And then there's other rooms, you know, to this day where I'm like, damn, I can't get this room, <laughs> you know? It's like, how the fuck do I win them over, yeah. you know? So that's, you know, that's the anti-room like you're talking about. But Did you ever, um, how long did it take you to tell your family you got in the stand-up? I got, I've been lucky, and it's also not good, too, but my mom and... My dad have always been supportive, like, the whole time. My mom supports everything So I your do. first show, you told them? Or your yeah. first experience? You were yeah. Like, I, just I was that. like, I'm going to do this. And she's like, good, I support you. Because my mom was an actress for a while. Oh, right on. Until she had me. And then she's just like, I enjoy being Fuck a mom. Fuck shit up, dude. You know? I, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I definitely did. But, um, you know, she was... Uh... Anyway, um, shit, we got to cut this. All right. All good. Um, this has been dope, man. I, I like... Uh, it's been organic. Organic. Samuel Bates says, and uh, man, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, uh, we're going to cut it. I feel like this could have gone for a while, but, um, you know, but look at shit. We're both full time, you know, thinking back at the the times where we were working a lot of jobs or being in those places. It's taken a lot of years to build what we have now. Yeah, Even like I said, overnight. we may not have done shit yet. Yeah. But where we are is amazing. And it's because of you guys supporting um, supporting me and make sure you support Joe because he's a great dude. He's talented. He's young, still relatively young hey, for this world. <laughs> Follow him. Uh, drop your, yeah. Keep following the boy Frankie, man. This man is amazing. He's drop your IG. Uh, the real Joe time, the real Joe time, yeah. just as it's spelled, you spelling be champ schmuck ass or Joe Corzo anywhere in J O E C O R Z O. Yeah, you can you can actually Google this motherfucker Google now. Me. That's incredible. That's so dope. <laughs> um, thank you guys for tapping in. We'll be back with another amazing guest. I appreciate 
the fuck out of you. I'm very, very happy. Frank off. Frank off. Much love.